This is NAI Global's Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. Diving Into Commercial Real Estate is brought to you by the Society of Industrial and Office Realtors. Join over 250 NAI brokers, including NAI President and CEO Jay Olshansky, who have earned the prestigious SIOR designation. Considered the standard of excellence in the real estate industry, SIORs are leaders in industrial and office brokerage. Find out more about SIOR and becoming part of this elite network at www.sior.com slash NAI. Again, that's www.sior.com slash NAI. Welcome to NAI Global's podcast series, Diving Into Commercial Real Estate. Today's topic is being a part of a global brand and how to leverage uh, PR practices, uh, specifically in today's environment. And we have uh, one of our favorite guests with us today, uh, somebody who has worked with NAI Global for a long time now, Gary Marsh. Uh, Gary is the founder of Marsh Marketing, and he's considered to be one of the foremost PR experts in commercial real estate uh, in the United States today. So, uh, Gary, welcome. Thank you, Cliff. Nice to be with you. That's great. And uh, it maybe, um, you know, I, I kind of summed up your bio there, but maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and what, what you do. Well, a, a little a bit like uh, our CEO, Jay Oshansky, I've been in the business a long time. This is my 34th year. Uh, and really, this is my public relations is my fourth capacity, technically. Uh, I started out in 86 selling capital industrial equipment in Silicon Valley to real estate developers and facility managers. And um, and that equipment was pr- principally high purity water systems for like semiconductor manufacturing and pharmaceuticals. So I networked with commercial real estate brokers and agents and developers, obviously. And uh, the, I was a straight commission sales job. So one of the reasons I understand the brokerage industry so well is, is I certainly understand straight commission. Um, from from experience, but the recession of the 90s, um, and Jay said it on a call we were on this week earlier, stay alive to 95, was really true, and, and I, I did, but not in that form of, of industry. I have a degree in journalism, so I was freelance writing for the Silicon Valley Business Journal um, just, just to keep my hand in writing, and one day the editor called and said, our, our real estate reporter quit. Marsh, do you want the job? And I said, Absolutely. Uh, so I became a, a reporter, even though, again, that was never my life plan, but that was my education and um, was three years as a day-to-day reporter covering the commercial real estate industry and everything uh, about it, land sales, finance, property management, you name it. Um, and then I got recruited by Cushman Wakefield to be part of their corporate communications team. I was officed in San Francisco and had direct responsibility for the, uh, at the time, 22 offices, not counting Texas, west of Mississippi. And I worked with a corporate office quite a bit in New York. And um, and then, yeah, in 98, I decided to start my own uh, consulting firm. And first target market was commercial real estate, of course. And it's it's been my career ever since. I, I literally do not work in other industries. So there's my 34 years of commercial real estate experience. Uh, and it's been fun. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to hear 
um, how careers are shaped by, you know, external circumstances, economic conditions. And I'm sure there's a lot of career shaping going on right now, but, um, you know, it puts you on the path to where you are today. So that's, that's very interesting to hear. Um, and speaking of that, you know, 34 years, I'm sure I've never seen a kind of a work environment that we're, we're in right now with everything going on with COVID. Um, so we have less travel, we have less face-to-face -face meetings, you know, NAI doesn't have, we've canceled all of our in-person events, our regional events, our, you know, convention that everybody looks forward to every year. So in the current environment, it, it's, it's a challenge to stay out in the public eye and in front of clients. So what are you seeing your clients doing or what are you encouraging them to do to, to stay out on the forefront and kind of on the top of everybody's mind, given that, you know, a lot of people are relegated to either home or some limited situation? Well, the one word is communicate. Uh, th this shouldn't be surprising coming from a communications professional, right? But, um, you know, you don't want people to think you've disappeared. We're all, you know, hunkered down, sheltered in place, but that means we can't disappear. In fact, uh, quite the opposite. We need to be more present than ever. So uh, I think I think everybody's doing it sort of a innate uh, reaction to the weird circumstances we're living in. But, you know, you share more, we share more, we share articles. Um, I encourage people to pick up the phone. I mean, I've had some of the longest and deepest conversations with people that are professional friends that I've known for many years that, that we didn't get disconnected. But when we do connect, it's very brief because we're so busy, you know, with our families, our jobs, our, our careers, you name it, right? So, um, you know, talk to people in a deeper, more meaningful way and, and slow down a little bit. Uh, but from a, a public perspective and a public relations perspective is this is I've always been a, a content, you know, the word content development these days is more more buzzed than it was in the past when I was younger. But uh, I've always been a content guy as a writer. So and a thinker now and increasingly as an analyst. So, um, you know, when you communicate, how you communicate, it, it's all part of storytelling. And, you know, story is, is very much part of a brand and brand building, as most people uh, know. Uh, a brand is, is creating an expectation and consistency of delivery and execution uh, of a service, uh, if it's a service, or the performance, if, if the brand is a thing. And so it is with storytelling, you have to convey your brand and the value of it um, through different communications channels, whether they're producing video or podcasts or the written word or reports or that kind of thing. That's great. Yeah. And I, I know um, at NAI Global, like, you know, I could speak for us that, you know, while a lot of people are sort of slashing expenses, one of the, and we are too in certain areas, but one of the areas we've actually decided to raise our spend in these times is in the marketing department, um, just because we feel it is so important to be out there um, and, and to, to, for people to, to see that, you know, here we are, even though maybe we can't see in present or maybe, um, you know, some of the deals are, or the deal velocity has slowed. And so those news articles aren't out there, but, you know, certainly uh, connecting with people and uh, being out, you know, out in the market is, is very important. Um, well, it's obviously, Chris, and, that's, that's smart of you guys to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, because what happens often 
and and you can you know you can spend smartly and and prudently you don't need to overspend to stay present and be in the public eye whether it's through traditional marketing digital or you know public relations but uh what what happens more than more often than not in in any sort of downturn or, or recession or down cycle uh first thing cut is our marketing expenses and then pretty much everyone disappears to some degree except for the the smart ones and then when the recovery starts, people scramble to get back in the game, so to speak, so that they can get the market share that's emerging. And they're usually second or third in line because the people that didn't quit promoting their, their firm, service, or brand are, are at the forefront. So that's smart. Yeah, that's – and we're actually seeing it pay dividends, um, you know, not only in – um, you know, for, on the client-facing side, but uh, in terms of recruiting, we're getting a lot of uh, talent coming through the pipeline that you know we haven't seen, uh, you know, in a while or haven't seen as much of. Um, so that that's really great to see. Um, and speaking of recruiting, you know, what what do you see some firms doing? You know, recruiting, given that NAI is a, is a collection of independent firms, um, recruiting is always a hot topic amongst our our member firms. And uh, probably the most talked about thing um, when we have these uh, collaborative sessions. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, from a PR perspective, you know, what are you seeing on the recruiting front? What are some strategies, you know, an independent firm can use to recruit uh, top talent, uh, given that there's going to be some shakeup in the industry over the next, uh, you know, six to 12 months? Well, as, as you and Jay and others have um, said and shared uh, with the the top five public companies that are essentially your competitors, we don't need to name them, but we all know who they are. Uh, they have shareholders to be accountable for and um, dividends to pay and, you know, the stock price that goes up and down. And I haven't looked at them lately, but I, I suspect they're as much down than anything. Um, and so they've got expenses to cut, especially with their the structures of those companies and, and the the, the broad level of services that they they provide that they're expensive businesses to run so uh we we've heard seen and i believe in many markets certainly the larger ones some of the some of the support staff is even in jeopardy of, of being retained and as you know all too well what the worst thing a, a top producer wants to hear is your support has been minimized or cut i mean because that means she or he needs to be taken out of production to do more of her, of her promotional stuff or whatever. That's usually a losing formula to retain that top producer. So, uh, so the opportunity is is there. And so, from a PR and communications perspective, uh, I've I've worked with one of the NAI offices um, to uh, to bolster their recruiting efforts by writing some marketing pieces. And basically, I wrote the the recruiting letter slash e-blast that went out to a select group of brokers that they are seeking in their respective market um, because there's opportunity and the messaging there the one that that i recall most it's been a few months because we did it right away we did it in april early april uh was uh you know we're debt free so that's a real strong message and i i, I would suspect that's the case with most nai offices uh, especially since they're privately owned or or just a you know group of people uh, maybe even broker owned. So, you know, how you communicate what you say and, and get out there because, yeah, there's going to be movement in the brokerage ranks. 
for sure. And, you know, um, when there's movement, it, it's not only, um, you know, recruiting, but also retaining talent, you know, becomes very important. Um, and I'm curious, you know, what you see, um, you know, from a firm owner or manager perspective, you know, some ways that managers can utilize PR to retain and promote you know, their top talent, uh, their top producers. Well, we're seeing, um, it, again, going back to content and, you know, from a communications perspective, and, and you, you asked the question, Cliff, in the new work environment with less travel, how do firms stay out in front of the public eye? Well, there's always a myriad of ways uh, to do that, you know, whether it's video, uh, et cetera, the written word reports. Um, and it, but there's, But everyone needs to remember there's competition to be heard, read, and seen. So I always recommend that one be selective with your outreach programs. And, you know, in other words, the question be, it becomes, would you rather be a mile wide and a few inches deep or known as and considered a few inches wide and a mile deep? In other words, you know, more substance. So I, that's the one thing I always encourage from a um, tactical point of view is, you know, I, I don't necessarily buy into, quote, less is more, but sometimes a little less but more substantive is better than a lot of noise. So that's the one thing I always encourage from a, a broad communications and PR perspective, but supporting top producers, uh, always a good idea. You, you know, I mean, uh, they, they, they of course want to be loved and, and recognized. So, you know, but in a meaningful way, but, but from a support perspective, um, some of the, the firms, especially for people that um, producers that specialize in, in niches, um, they get their own market reports or a twice a year, an, you know, annual biannual report of what's going on in their industry trends. Uh, some data, of course, pretty light on the transactional stuff other than deal volume and maybe, you know, price per foot or cap cap rates. Uh, so it's, it's all, you know, packaged and bundled and, and put out, published and, and produced on a periodic basis, but not too often. And even with the websites, um, talking to one office right now that has um, uh, people that specialize in, in different verticals, even, for example, church sales, uh, church properties. Um, and that person is one of their, you know, consistent top producers year in, year out. And so, uh, you know, are, they're going to get a dedicated web page. So there's different ways to do it, but, you know, that's kind of how you help retain some of that talent is, is help them keep their businesses sustained and thriving. That's right. And yeah, you know, you mentioned like church sales as a specialty, but you know, certainly some of the information that I review, you know, you get a ton of emails nowadays, but some of those newsletters that have specialties that we see go out throughout the network, you know, those are the ones that I kind of stick in my mind and I read once in a while just to see what's going on in those, in those verticals and, and how they're, uh, performing and et cetera, because they, they don't necessarily move with the market as a whole. So very interesting. Um, well, and, 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 you know, as you know, it's, uh, as you said earlier in, in the podcast, there's going to be some shifting. So, you know, the, you don't take the, the spots off a leopard per se, but, you know, if, if you've been a lifelong retail brokerage professional, do you stay in it or do you start working with an industrial partner 
to cross that bridge and be in in the front row for these conversions of of assets to you know combination retail store facing shopping and back end fulfillment because uh, that's happening we all know that's happening so in other words this is an opportunity to shift what you know and learn something new and there's a lot of different ways to make money exactly and you know leveraging the relationships that you might have with some of those retail owners and uh, teaming up with your industrial group to uh, present different ways that they can generate income because at the end of the day it might be an industrial property but the goal is to generate income on the property and, and make some money so that's that's really a great point yeah um so NAI Global, as many as everyone knows, is the largest collection of independent real estate firms in the world. Um, and given that they are independent under one brand, you know, just tell us a little bit about how you help to show the connections and the importance uh, between the offices and the deal making that goes on, uh, and just being something, uh, being a part of something larger than your local market. Well, as as you know, I'm I'm uh, with with your core corporate team, and especially Vinzi Fierro, I'm 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 part of your public relations effort. I'm a big part of it, and you pay me well, so you pay me to you know come up with ideas, develop ideas, and so the the best way, especially well, I did this when I was with Cushman as a national company. We wanted to promote when we did transactional deals between two or more offices. And as it is with trend stories, we we want to connect, in this case, the NAI offices with trend stories that are happening now. I'm working on a new one that that is involving the uh, the push into the suburbs, uh, you know, secondary tertiary markets perhaps growing because of some urban flight. But at the same time, you know, we're going to make the argument without talking out of both sides of our mouth that uh hold on a second big cities are here to stay they're they're just on their heels a little bit right now but there'll be a comeback to that respect but you know we did a trend we did a couple trend stories that were very covid related um pretty much right after the uh the pandemic hit i mean we did a story in in may that published with uh that was what what was going on with covid in asia pacific and we had any offices from Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, and um, the Philippines participate. And, you know, the, the way we did it was largely through email, partly because of the, the time zones and differences. Uh, sometimes there's a phone call, certainly domestically. We also did a story, um, uh, again, early April, that was published that uh, it said the headline was NEI executives report from the front lines of the coronavirus. And we had four or five uh, NA offices and principals in those stories. And I don't think it was six, but they were from every, you know, very broad swath of your markets, Chicago, Portland, uh, New, uh, New Mexico, uh, one or two others. So, it, you know, so that my job as your PR person is to think about, look, look into and explore ways that we can promote collaboration between the offices. And what I've heard from, from this, process is to some degree the the people that participated in the stories later tell me quote unquote it's like participating in the best sales meeting i was in this year 
because people are truly learning from what's going on in other markets, just as it is when you guys do your best practices workshops at your leadership summits uh, or conferences where there's, you know, you're in the same room talking. It's a very meaningful way to know what's going on in other markets and put what's going on in your market in perspective. So that's kind of what happens with uh, some of these collaborative PR stories. And like I said, we're working on a new one. We're always looking for new ideas. That's right. And the one that you mentioned, uh, and that was a little bit earlier on in, in the uh, COVID crisis, but that was really interesting to see how, uh, you know, everybody was managing their properties and, you know, getting ready for opening for, for, the, for their tenants. So that, that was a good one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and you you were in the Asia Pacific story because uh, yeah that, that's right you were in that story and that was fascinating just to learn how the different countries were dealing with the approach and the and the and the lockdowns and and the, the different like in New Zealand's case the four four different stages of shelter in place um, yeah it's always fascinating to learn yeah it's one thing to read about it on the news and it's definitely another thing to hear about it from from people on the ground that are actually in the market so very interesting that's right but the other thing i was going to mention was was uh and you'd asked about it market reports I, I do produce a quarterly market report on office industrial and retail for one of the nai offices and um uh of course it's pride of authorship but we think ours is better than theirs many of the other houses you know, in part because, you know, I work nationally with you guys and have worked nationally since 95 when Cushman recruited me. But um, uh, bringing in a national perspective to what's happening locally, I think, strengthens a market report. And that's one of the benefits that office gets with me contributing on their on their content quarterly. Yes, for sure. Well, Gary, thanks for joining us today. It was, you know, very insightful, um, very interesting to learn. You know, PR, obviously, a very important part of what's going on always, but certainly now um, as uh, the industry shifts and, and things are realigned and, uh, you know, just important to stay out in front of everybody. So uh, maybe give us some parting thoughts on uh, public relations as it relates to real estate today, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Well, again, thank you, Cliff, for having me on the podcast and, and for being part of NEI Global. I, I am sincerely grateful that, uh, that you guys are a client and, and I work with you. I think, I think the people are, are really good at what they do. Some sincere, professional, fun to be around when we can be around each other. Uh, I certainly miss that and look forward to when things begin to normalize and we can get together again. But no, from a, a you know, parting, parting thought is, uh, stay present, stay um, out there, make sure people know who you are, what you're doing, uh, produce good materials, um, be thoughtful with, with the content. Uh, and if you have any ideas for a, a PR story that's uh, that might be of interest, that's perhaps nationwide or, or nation, nationwide worthy, and we can tap into other offices, don't hesitate to contact me. I'm happy to go to work for you. That's great. Yeah, we, we're always looking for you know, new stories that connect the offices, new ideas um, from all of our NAI firms. 